Thank you and welcome back. So we had a great sessions and Jeff Hammond is back with us. So we're going to be talking valves uh, with SRI and Del West. John, do you want to tell us a little bit uh, what's coming up this afternoon before we get started? Uh, sure. Uh, following the, the webinar with SRI, we'll go on to speed diagnostics, so used oil analysis. And again, uh, that, that's another one to tune into. Uh, Lake Speed Junior is hosting that. And, and Lake really knows kind of the nuts and bolts of, of daily life for a racer. And the idea of used oil analysis can help everybody. Then we'll go into uh, race shop machinery with Tammy Baker, Joe Baker Equipment Sales. Chuck Tate, Digital Momentum, we'll talk about marketing the digital age. And then we'll get to uh, crankshafts, connecting rods, rotating assemblies with SCAT, which is a, just a great company. <clears throat> Excuse me, great people. Tom Lieb, awesome. And then a, a special panel on the media and racing will we'll close us off at the five o'clock hour here, Pacific time. Very good, excellent, but thank you. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, we have been you know, running those sessions by the minute. Uh, we're very thankful uh, of SRI. Um, working with them for many years, they came on board to support Trade early on. So we're very thankful of you guys. As we say often, you know, it's because of all of you, the, the suppliers out there that have been supporting this platform, that we have been able to grow it to what it is today and, and to produce this wonderful online recent week for the first time ever. And so without any, uh, any further, uh, it is one o'clock right on the minute. So Jeff Hammond, on to you and see you guys in 50 minutes. Thank you. Thank you for saying, let's see, <coughs> excuse me. I'll choke up here. Hey, Chad. How's it going, Jeff? Long time no see, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been a while. And I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, Guido. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Nice to uh, meet you virtually as well here, Jeff. Yeah, good, good. So, Chad, uh, what do you think about this idea of what we got going on here at ePartrate and, and Racer.com has got going on as far as this program and, and, and the online racing industry week we've had so far? So I have had a blast, and I'm really glad that uh, I'm ending my day here on the fourth day of this event, uh, getting a chance to talk to somebody that goes back to a man uh, that I love dearly and miss very much. Uh, and your father, uh, I mean, Harold mm -hmm. Elliott, I mean, it's just, it's great that uh, we have an opportunity to speak with you. Well, I really appreciate those kind of words about my father. Uh, we miss him as well. Uh, I think this week has been great. Uh, very informative, uh, with, with everything going on, you know, with the, the COVID situation, the fact that we could all get together virtually, learn about what's new, what's coming, um, what's going on in the racing world. Uh, it's good to stay connected because it's been really tough to get out, especially for me, someone that travels the country and goes to races. Uh, this is the only way I've been able to connect with a lot of people. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited and learned a lot so far this week. So Guido, what do you what do you think about all of this so far? Is this, uh, this going to be uh, what I believe the, the future of this of the industry? So uh, we've, of course, had our struggles here as well with uh, the whole COVID-19 thing uh, where we saw it drying up and uh, uh, especially on the race side. Uh, what was remarkable here is that actually the series production side, the other division uh, that we're heavily involved in on uh, series production titanium valves, uh, that that actually uh, had a very, very brief interruption and came back stronger than we expected. Uh, they are at levels beyond 2019. So uh, we see that going strong. So that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, but uh, racing is coming back a lot slower uh, because of the shutdowns, because of the repeated shutdowns. And uh, that is uh, affecting the gatherings, the race venues uh, internationally. So it's not only uh, in the South here on, on, on NASCAR level or local race level, it's internationally where we're seeing that um, the volumes are down. Will it come back? Uh, very likely. So hopefully we will get this under control early uh, or mid 2021. And uh, then with respect to customer visits, yeah, it's virtual. I uh, used to be traveling uh, frequently uh, across the globe and now it's uh, staying here at my, uh, at my screen. Good for family time, but uh, 
sometimes I'm missing the, uh, the travels. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, uh, I couldn't believe that we've been able to accomplish all that we've accomplished, you know, because I was involved with the truck series this year and do as many races as we did uh, and one day shows. I mean, it was pretty phenomenal because as Chad understands, more more times than not, when you go to the racetrack, you, you're there three days or longer. So it's uh, it's a good way to approach everything. Well, let's get into what, what you guys have got for us today. Um, Chad, op open it up and just tell me what's going on over at, at SRI and, and what uh, the relationship with Dell West is and how all you all the different products I'm sure you're, you're ready to put out in front of us today. Yeah, um, you know, SRI and Dell West have had a long-term partnership as the uh, master distributor for their automotive performance valves. Uh, uh, even back uh, when we were owned by Ralph Yates Performance Parts. Um, so our relationship is more than just a vendor slash um, uh, distributor relationship. Obviously, our job is to produce the best quality valve train products on the market. We believe Dell West does that. I think most people would agree with that. Uh, what we do is bridge the gap between the racer and the manufacturer. And uh, they're like family. Uh, Guido is like a brother to me. Uh, we, we get at each other's throats, but we also get things done. Uh, you know what it's like uh, being around engine builders. Uh, we're demanding. Uh, we want what we want when we want it, and we want it to be right. Uh, I would say that uh, Dell West Engineering, out of all the vendors that, that we work with, that I work with here at SRI on the engine side, by far our best partnership. They do a great job. They produce quality parts uh, at a fair price. But the big thing is, is you know, they produce what I think is the best product on the market. Well, that's quite flat. Yeah, that uh, chat. Thank you very much <laughs> on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very true. Uh, if you're gonna uh, believe in a product, you you and be successful, you have to believe in it. Uh, you you have to believe in it. And I think that you guys have done a great job educating us as to the processes, the technology, the material, and especially your coding. I think we're gonna get into that as we talk further here. Uh, from a technical vantage point about some of your processes and coatings. So, you know, as we, as we get into the deal, let's, let's be realistic. I mean, a lot of times people look at the, the valve train area as one of the most vulnerable parts of an engine. I mean, the bottom end nowadays is, is that pretty much says it's bulletproof. You know, you, if you're going to have a problem, it's usually going to happen in the valve train area, you know, between a spring or a valve. And so, Guido, how do you how do how do you approach that kind of pressure on your company to produce a product that you know everybody you know readily agrees is it's kind of like the the heartbeat of an engine to a certain degree. You know, it's what makes everything open and shut and flow and make it make power. And uh, you know, a lot of people are always ready to come right there and say, "It's that dang valve. It's this and this and this. They didn't do something right." Or, and so, what do you how do you respond to that? Yeah, the, uh, the thing you don't want to hear on the TV is they drop the valve. Mm -hmm. So uh, then it immediately goes back to the valve and the valve is the problem. Well, there's so many things that can go wrong that ultimately make a valve break. But OK, how do we deal with this pressure? I think it basically boils down to having the ultimate knowledge that you need to have as a manufacturer that starts off uh, basically from cradle to grave from knowing what material to use, what coding to use for the right application, for the certain application. And we have that in-house knowledge. The, uh, the company started off as a materials testing lab for the aerospace industry, for the big boys in aerospace. And with this materials knowledge, they then decided to go into manufacturing and uh, they uh, entered into NASCAR with the titanium intake and titanium exhaust valve. And that over the years then spread out globally with a variety of alloys, uh, titanium alloys, titanium aluminite, wasp alloy alloys. So we have this basic fundamental knowledge of materials that we then um, have converted to our own specification, have melted to our own specification and converted to our own specification. And then we know internally here on how to properly manufacture that raw material, that bar into a valve or any other component for that matter. So that 
uh, knowledge here is all in-house. We have all these processes that we control ourselves. Uh, it's basically from the time that we're forging a valve uh, to the moment that we're shipping it to our customers, and that is all done in-house. So that gives you a great control over your own processes. It's not that we order a forged valve from somebody else. It's not that we have our valve coded somewhere else. It's all done here. So when you control those processes, you can develop them further with your own proprietary technology and get this control over the full process. It's not easy. It takes many years to perfection that. Um, but that is one of the key characteristics, I would say, to controlling the quality of the product that you ultimately send on to your customer. So that, in a way, then, takes off the pressure that you're talking about. How do you deal with that? By basically getting your things straight in-house, by having the understanding and the quality gates that uh, basically uh, secure you from sending a good product to the customer ultimately. So Chad, when you're working back and forth, you know, with Dell West, and obviously, like I said, we're talking about failures and stuff. What part do you play in working back with the manufacturer and, and what you're seeing and, and trying to get it? I mean, I, I look at you, I guess, to a certain degree, you're going to be kind of like the middleman. Right. Yeah, we, we play middleman a lot of times. Um, the good thing about our company at SRI is we're built, we're, we are racers. We understand engines, race engines. So we can talk that shop with the customer. Um, a lot of times we, uh, we, we get the product back. We send it in for them. We try to ask all the pertinent questions about what happened. Uh, I will tell you that Literally, I've been working with Dell West for 12 years, and I could count on one hand how many times that we've had to have product analyzed. And almost every single time, it's a self-inflicted wound. Now, that's where you were talking earlier. Um, that's where we can help in the beginning when a, when a customer is trying to put the right product and apply it for an engine. You know, we, we're asking questions about the camshaft, the valve springs, how we're setting it up. You know, how is the engine going to perform? Uh, if we ask all the right questions in the beginning, normally these problems are avoided altogether. Um, but sometimes you have to do some finite analysis. And uh, I will tell you that Dell West is an engineering company. Uh, they have a lot of sophisticated tools uh, that can be very, very beneficial in this matter. Um, a lot of times, it's just a very rare occurrence these days because the materials, the heat treats and the coatings are so far superior. You know, we have very, very few failures. Well, I've been privileged to yesterday on yesterday afternoon to spend some time talking with the folks from Molly, for example. And yeah. it's interesting that y'all are talking in the same terms, you know, all of these products, when they work perfectly together, You've got, you know, something that, as I said uh, earlier, that it's all but bulletproof. You know, you know how much, how hard to run it, how hot to run it, uh, how long to run it. I mean, everything about it, you know, you, you guys have been able to now pinpoint better than ever before in the history, I think, of, of, of racing and high performance of what the longevity and the expectations of an engine are from, from the piston, to the cranks, to the rods, and obviously the valves and the valve springs. So... These, nothing lives forever, and I think that that's the thing: is it developing the right line of communication when it comes to valves uh, is the same thing. You can't put the wrong valve in in a combination that all of a sudden spells disaster. Right. So yeah, I I, I think it's it's very interesting that this is something that is universal within the world of engines and and the products that go into an engine. Well, I think that's a good point. Also, we've learned enough about all these different applications to understand the cycle times. Uh, you know, everybody is always chasing weight. The designs continue to get smaller and lighter and more aggressive, uh, which makes the need for better material and heat treat and coating even more uh, beneficial. But, uh, you know, that's the beauty of working with distribution, with Dell West working with SRI. We have an entire customer base. Um, that we can lean on other customers to see if they're having the same issues. 
like if I'm selling that same product to another guy in the same arena and he's not having problems, then maybe that helps me help the customer that is having problems determine what the problems are so we can get past them and uh, improve his program. It's really about, we work for the engine builder. Uh, that's what we do. We work for them. We're here to protect them. Uh, we're here to protect them with pricing. Uh, we're here to protect them from the racer, <laughs> which a lot of times uh, the racer is the one that, you know, causes the problem. It, it, nine times out of 10 problems are self-inflicted. Uh, but when we all communicate and talk together and we understand each other, it's a lot easier to determine these problems and get, you know, get things back in order more quickly. And I think that's where the strength actually is of uh, our combination here. Um, we're uh, located sometimes further away from our customer base. SRI is right there uh, in uh, North Carolina and in Indy, Indianapolis, or close to Indianapolis. So it is great to have that group of support there uh, from, from SRI that can reach out directly to the local engine builders, to the customers there. Um, they have a great knowledge of engines and can talk and translate to us really on uh, what the issues are. And then we can provide uh, basically the, the technical backup there uh, to show what is possible, what alternatives there are. Um, if we can do a um, find an element analysis to provide a lighter and stronger uh, valve. And uh, uh, so that's where this, this nice combination of, of two strengths uh, come together here between Dell West and, and SRI. With that being said, Gita, is it when you try to get lighter and, and you're you're trying to do all the things that, that will make more horsepower and, and it gives you more opportunities to to look down that road of of better power, how do you blend the two as far as like new technology and materials? And then at the same time, are you fearful from time to time whenever somebody like NASCAR comes in and says, okay, we want these engines to run three times, four times. We want, we want so many miles on them. Uh, same way, like I say, in all three of the series there, whether it's trucks, Xfinity, or the Cup Series, and there's a, a lot of other, uh, say manufacturers, but series around the country now that are taking some of that same uh, direction, trying to save teams money by saying you got to race an engine more than one time. So the parts become a lot more sensitive to – in my mind of how you develop them and yet at the same time, don't create a problem for your pro company as well as a, as a competitor. So uh, there have been a lot of threats over the, let's say past 21 years that I've been working at the West uh, from those regulations. Um, there's the threat of the uh, uh, electrical car. Uh, there's the threat of the uh, uh, hybrid car. Um, the downsizing from a V12 to a V10 to a V8, and now in Formula One, a V6. Um, with every change in regulation uh, comes a certain time of development of coming to this new, uh, let's say, engine or this extra longevity that you need to get out of your engine. So there's more testing happening. It's not only the valves that we make for the weekend race, it's also the valves that we make uh, here for all the development that continues to go on. So uh, yes, volumes over those years have uh, shrunk a lot. Uh, we don't see the sky is the limit uh, attitude anymore. Uh, budgets are limited. Um, but if you continue to develop in-house with new processes, with new efficiencies, and with new alternatives on an engineering level, or on a materials level, you now can provide extra service to the customer and a more exclusive exotic product that maintains your business uh, or it, may, it gives you the opportunity to run a healthy business, to continue running it. So one of the things that we have in our portfolio is an alloy that is um, uh, not used and maybe even banned in, in NASCAR, it's titanium aluminite. Uh, it's roughly half titanium, half aluminum, and it's an exotic alloy that is used in turbo, in turbines, in uh, jet engines, and there are two manufacturers worldwide that actually make valves out of that. One in Germany, and the other one is us. Um, so this is a highly specialized alloy um, that 
provides us now an opportunity to continue doing business as one of the unique valve suppliers in the world. Uh, another alloy that not that is commercially available but not easy to um, forge and to machine and drill and hollow out is uh, the wasp alloy valve, uh, very often used in rally cars or basically turbocharged applications. Uh, it's a very commonly available or known um, nickel alloy, high temperature nickel alloy, but not everybody knows how to manufacture the proper uh, valve out of that. So when you continue developing, you can counter those trends that are actually a threat to your business and you can maintain a good business level and you can uh, continue to provide your customers with a good alternative to uh, what is being banned, what is being written uh, out of the rules or um, to counter the, uh, the trend where racing unfortunately is shrinking worldwide. Yeah, that sounds uh, challenging at least. And uh, Chad, when it, when it comes to, I'm sh you know, sure that people are coming to you and asking you questions, can they do something like this? How do you, how do you keep up with this kind of technology, you know, that they're developing on, on a daily basis or, you know, from year to year? Well, and thank goodness I have Guido on speed dial uh, and he does a great job of taking something that's really technical and explaining it in layman's terms. Uh, so it's good to have that kind of relationship. I mean, literally we can talk anytime. The fact that they are in California means that they're working till eight o'clock, which is good for us engine guys over here on the East coast. Cause you know, we work all the time. So uh, it's good to have that communication at any time. Um, and uh, we also have uh, implemented some things for the end user. We have a, a setup called Fast Track now, where we can take small block blanks and uh, turn them into you know usable racing valves in 15 days or less. Uh, and we actually are linked into their software at SRI, where we actually draw the valve for the customer, and uh, we immediately get a PDF file emailed. To the customer within 10 minutes, uh, they can look at their part and approve it. And in, in 15 days or less, it shows up at their at their doorstep. And uh, if you've ever ordered a Dell West valve, you, you understand that their manufacturing tolerances, their quality assurances is incredible. So uh, every single time that we've done those types of rapid prototype orders, they've been spot on every time. So it's quite... Uh, an engineering feat, and now it becomes quite easy uh, to take that technical information, put it on paper, and the customer is the one that wins. In a, in a situation like it, you know, again, it's uh, it's phenomenal that you can do that. But where does that kind of idea come from? And, and, and Guido, does it, I mean, did your company come up with that, or Chad, did you come up with that? Because again, you know how racers are; everything's got to be. I need it now. Well, actually, the way it, came, it was a wish list from from my my sales reps in my department here uh, to have some sort of rapid prototyping situation. Uh, we've actually suggested the same thing to Mala. You mentioned Mala Pistons earlier. Uh, they're one of our major piston suppliers. Uh, anytime it's hard to put every flavor of ice cream for every engine application that's out there. Uh, everybody has their own way of doing things. Now, if we don't have a stocking part number and you have to make a custom valve, normally that can take, you know, eight to 10 weeks, depending on the busy time. So if you give them an avenue to do it, you know, in less than two weeks and it's affordable and it works, uh, it's, it's pretty easy sell to the customer. So actually we came up with the idea and they created it. So they did all the engineering and software to make it actually very very usable we just basically log on to their server use their cad software and uh, draw the valve and within minutes it's approved by the customer it's a really really nice quick clean service yeah this is definitely something that sri pushed hard for so we uh, had to internally develop that that uh, functionality where they just have to uh, log on to our system enter the dimensions and the features of the valve and within uh, seconds it rolls out back at their site for for approval to the customer so that's uh, that's a great benefit to to have 
right, Guido, y'all, you mentioned earlier, or Chad did one about the coatings. And I know that, you know, from the experiences I've had with, with Chad's father, um, he knows a little bit about coatings. And so whatever you guys are doing must be impressing him or he's got a pretty good understanding about it. But I, I've seen the early days of what coating means to racers. So what, what are you guys bringing forth now? So what we've developed in-house, and this is not a system that we developed ourselves, but we have uh, done our homework and research to determine what the best system out there and what the best coating out there is. So um, the um, push basically came from um, the series production market. Um, there was a demand for a titanium series production valve. Um, PVD coatings were around a little bit already in uh, the late 90s, beginning of the 2000s, but uh, it was always that you had to send your valve out to get coated somewhere. Um, to be able to support this series production endeavor, we needed to get our coating system in-house. We needed to be able to coat a large amount of valves at the moment that we wanted it to get done with the best coating out there available. So. Um, back then, I still had a large engineering role and I was involved in uh, developing and, and finding the right system. So I've, I've traveled uh, to, to uh, different countries to uh, sit down with the engineers of the different coding systems and then come back with the coding home uh, applied on valves. And we would then test it in a test cell that we had developed here. We had a test stand of a motorcycle engine that was quite aggressive on the valve. And we would, uh, we, we did probably hundreds of, of runs of testing and testing of the different coating chambers. And we ultimately came back with this particular coating chamber that we have now. Um, we would continue to see what is out there with respect to development of new chambers and new coatings. And we would use our current coating as the, let's say, test uh, or the, the, the baseline. And every time we came back to, okay, what we currently have is the best coating out there that can withstand the most aggressive environment. So uh, we continued over the years to, to test and use our coating as the baseline. And um, the feedback that I'm actually getting from uh, SRI is that uh, our customer base is really, really happy with, uh, uh, with the, uh, the strength, the durability, and the adhesion of our coating. Yeah, and if I might add to that, when, um, you know, he's referring to every stocking valve that they produce now comes with this coating added, um, and it really is baked into the cost. So you don't have to take your titanium valves and send them off to a coating company to have them done. And it is truly, I know I've been around coatings my whole career. Uh, I haven't seen a coating this robust and this good. Um, I'll give you some examples in the uh, dirt engine market. Right. which um, they use a lot of titanium valve train products. It's probably most aggressive on the valve seating area just because of the environment. Uh, normally, um, unless it's a hollow stem or a six millimeter stem valve, uh, these engines can run two full seasons with, with a set of valves, which that's a huge savings on the racer. And that's all due to the coating. Uh, the coating integrity in the valve seating area it stays there. It keeps the valve seating properly, no cupping. Basically, they can clean the carbon off during a rebuild, slap them in, and uh, run a whole entire other season. Now, there are limitations if you're running a hollow stem valve or like a six millimeter valve. You know, there's a cycle life uh, that you don't want to push that beyond. We understand what those are. We try to convey that to the customer. Uh, obviously, we're here to sell parts, but more importantly, we're here to give them, you know, the correct information. So uh, thank you for adding uh, that, uh, Dad. So what I um, forgot to mention here is, so this coding was development, uh, developed basically for our series production line, um, but is currently used across all racing series as well. The difference here is basically the surface preparation. So what is critical for a coating to come out with the right surface finish and the right adhesion is to prepare the base surface, your substrate properly. And you do that by two methods, uh, by polishing the valve properly uh, and by cleaning the valve thoroughly. So if you don't have do those two aspects under control, 
you will not have a proper coating. So that then basically boils down to having a proper uh, polishing, robotic polishing operation that we have in-house for our series production valves, but of course also for our race valves, and to have a clean room in place. So right before the valves are entering the coating chamber, the valves are uh, entering um, a clean room, basically a room that is uh, certified weekly for a particle count, uh, where you have HEPA filtration and the air circulating uh, so many times uh, per hour, um, where you have people dressed up in, uh, uh, call it the, yeah, the, the clean room garment that you see in the chip industry. It's not that that strict, but the similar uh, attitude to, to cleanliness. You need to be dressed up. You need to wear spit masks so you don't accidentally sneeze on the product or when you talk, you don't have anything uh, splashing on the product that can uh, lead to coating delamination ultimately. So that valve enters a clean room, goes through a multi-stage ultrasonic and rinsing and drying uh, uh, system, and then comes out uh, sparkling clean, so to say, then gets transferred over directly to the coating chamber and uh, receives its coating. So only when you have those processes and those quality steps properly uh, developed, uh, then you can guarantee or then you can rely on the quality of your, of your coding. Now, you know, real quick, and some of the notes they gave me, you know, to uh, kind of get prepped up for our discussion today. Are you referring to the, uh, the CRN coding? Is, that, is that, that what we're referring to here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the coating that is uh, generally applied to uh, the seat and the tip and uh, for most valves also on the stem. So it is a coating that is robust enough and, and uh, let's say functional enough to work very well on all three surfaces. So yeah, that's the coating that we're talking about. I mean, I, th I just think it's phenomenal, you know, because again, the, the dirt series getting, you know, a valve train to last, you know, potentially two full seasons is again, it's, uh, it's kind of like that, nice to be able to build a budget like that and feel confident, you know, you can get, get that kind of mileage out of it. I think it's pretty phenomenal. But it's, yeah, so you need to have your uh, ducks in a row. And for people that are involved in the, uh, let's call it the PVD, CVD coating industry, uh, and that have visited the different coaters uh, out there, the job shops, it is uh, not really that common to have a clean room approach to uh, coating um, a, a race car product, uh, a PVD product. So very often um, it is cleaner, uh, but you don't have the ultimate attitude of trying to be very, very clean with a separate conditioned room. And, uh, and that makes us, I believe, a little bit unique here, uh, even in the general job shop uh, coating industry to uh, make sure that this room uh, is free from any dust, from any machining uh, mist uh, or what have you, to uh, maintain that as a very clean and uh, restricted room where you can only go into when you have, uh, when you're dressed up properly. Right. So Chad, all of the stuff that, you know, we've been talking about up to now, how much of this have you witnessed, you know, about you, you travel out to Dale West and you've been to their facility and everything? Yeah, usually once, maybe twice a year, I'll make a trip to California. We'll spend you know, a few days at, and see what's new at the facility. Uh, I've seen you know every step of the way, every machine, every process. I've been in the clean room. It's like walking into a Dell factory, you know, like he said, a chip manufacturer. Uh, they have a very interesting robot that does the polishing. I think they call it Fred and Angie. Uh, it does this wonderful dance together. Did I get that right, Gita? Fred and Ginger. Fred and Ginger. Okay. <laughs> a little bit before my time, but anyway, but yeah, they have. Come on, uh, Atlanta. I know the way your daddy didn't talk, talk, told you about the, <laughs> Ginger Rogers and, and Fred Astaire. I mean, come on now. Right, right. Uh, but yes, I have seen it. Uh, you know, they have uh, they, they have the edge of manufacturing technology and uh, coding, uh, mm -hmm. and they incorporate that in their products. That's why uh, that's why they work well. That's why we love them and. Uh, We've had a lot of success. In fact, uh, you know, we're talking about the racing industry. Uh, I think SRI has put forth possibly two to three of the top sales days in our history in the last three days. So the phones are ringing off the hook. 
the products flying off the shelf. Guido, you're going to be getting some large purchase orders. Uh, we're pretty excited. Uh, I know it's a tough time right now, but uh, guys are getting geared up and, and spending money for next season already, even earlier than anticipated. So it's very exciting. Okay, when, when you say it like that right there, is there is there a movement um, that you can – or a trend that we're looking at right now when you say something like that? Is it, is it more well, dirt racers, more short track racers? I mean, what what is kind of like – Well, you know? I, particularly dirt racing and uh, things like outlaw street racing has really taken a big push. Mm -hmm. uh, I think – Guido would attest we've uh, we've started doing a lot of pro mod uh, valves, um, a lot different, man, a, a lot different, larger uh, horsepower applications. Uh, it looks like you know dirt racing is super strong right now. Uh, sprint car racing, dirt late model, modified, uh, as, as well as uh, you know this drag racing market. I know the NHRA had you know. You know, they had a tough season, uh, like most forms of racing, but uh, we are getting a lot of calls for like your 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 more alternative drag racing, street outlaw type stuff, and guys are willing to uh, step up and put the better quality products in their in their engines. Interesting. Uh, we've been talking about the coating side of it. Do, do you have a lot of people right now that are choosing not to have their valves coated for a reason or not? Well, uh, I, no. Uh, in fact, uh, Dell West does their coating very affordably. So it's, it's baked into the price. It's, they, we don't actually give them a choice. <laughs> Honestly, we, we go ahead and produce the product already coated with their coating and uh, we have no complaints. I mean, if you had to, have those products made and sent off to be coated. I mean, it is an, quite a bit of an additional expense. Now there are guys that prefer like in certain applications to run DLC on the head of the valve. Mm -hmm. And there are situations where we will have them made without the coating. Uh, but I wouldn't, I would run Del West CRN coating over any other PVD style coating out there. I, I believe that strongly in it. I've seen the results. It's very impressive. Predominantly, I would say uh, uh, our chrome nitride PVD coating is used. Uh, we have the option uh, of applying the DLC uh, in our Swiss office as well, uh, where they have a, a couple of DLC chambers. So we, we can do this uh, in-house uh, as well, so to say. Um, but the commonly used uh, chrome nitride coating is, or sorry, the commonly used seed coating is, uh, or stem coating is chrome nitride um, across all series. And then you see an engine builder or a team here or there that then opts for the DLC coating. It's the preference uh, of the engine builder. And um, I guess if they see or perceive to see a, a difference uh, running DLC, we can of course do that, no problem. Okay. Well, Chad, let me ask you this. You know, you, like I say, you've been around the coding business a long time. Today, you know, based off of, like I say, talking to Mala, uh, you know, they got certain parts of their skirts sometimes that got coatings on them. And internally, how many different parts and pieces are probably coated today compared to the very, in the, in the beginning? I mean, it's. Well, I think uh, back when you and my father raced together, I think you guys were probably one of the first ever in the sport of NASCAR to actually start coding engine bearings and pistons and that type of thing. I would say uh, 80% of the parts that are in these engines now in NASCAR are coded in some sort of way. Uh, obviously your pistons, your valve train products, your uh, bearings. Um, we're, we're doing things now with like uh, some of your fuel pump manufacturers um, that where we do the pump housings, the gears, uh, it's all, you know, even things like blowers, housings and enforced induction situations. Um, but again, it has to be the right coating for the application. Uh, there is a lot of snake oil, mystery oil salesmen out there. We don't believe in that. Uh, that's where I had a pretty good teacher in that respect. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, a majority of what goes into these engines now, the quality of the materials, the quality of the coatings, uh, the heat treatments, um, that's why you don't see the failures that you once did. Um, the parts are just way better. The technology is there for everyone to take advantage of, not just Formula One and NASCAR. Now you see it all the way down to street level and, you know, in the smallest forms of grassroots dirt racing. Yeah, but what, what I'm taking out of the conversation with you two gentlemen is that because of so much, so, you know, the, you got the got the coatings and stuff built into the price, and you're making your product based off of everybody wants Dale West product. You know, you don't want to make something or take something away from a product that keep makes it more durable. Um, so it's almost like the grassroots guys are getting the best of the best because it, it just works better across the whole realm of, of racing is the way I look at it. It's like, say, at it, it, one time, you know, you would pay for something special, but you right. guys make it special every day. Does that make sense? Yeah, and sometimes... It's built in, and it's like, you're crazy not to, and Hendrick Motorsports or, you know, Roush Yates is going to have it just like it would be if you're a Ferrari, you know, or whether or not you're Jeff Hammond going over here to the local quarter-mile dirt track to run some Friday night, you know, my stuff is as good as anybody else in, in, in the world. Yeah. And I tell people, uh, I deal with, you know, John force racing have for years and I got guys come up off the street and uh, you know, you treat everyone the same. John force is no different than uh, your B mod racer on Saturday night at East Lincoln speedway. Okay. Uh, you have the ability to get, similar products and quality that the very top racers do. And now uh, with Guido and the hard work of those guys, I mean, they work constantly on how to manufacture more cost effectively, offer these services like the fast track, which benefit, you know, allow the grassroots racer to um, get on that same level as a cup team. So um, what you get here is basically the vast experience that we have with our customers uh, worldwide. So we're dealing with virtually everybody out there, uh, which means that we have to be very careful uh, to not transfer any secrets from one team to another. They need to be able to trust us. They need to be able to come with their problems and their uh, uh, proprietary knowledge and uh, be able to discuss a solution. But over the years, you see that certain information spreads from team to team and it becomes commonly available. So it's not that proprietary anymore. The biggest, let's say, leak that you have of your proprietary knowledge is not necessarily at your supplier, but from uh, the engineers um, hopping from team to team. Um, <clears throat> so certain knowledge becomes, let's say, generally available and you can now apply that, what you learned in Formula One, what you learned in MotoGP, what you learned in NASCAR, you can apply that to your other product worldwide. So everybody... Uh, when you have that knowledge all in-house and you're dealing with all those customers, you basically become versatile and you have solutions available in your portfolio that you can provide to anyone out there, especially when you have all those processes in-house. That makes it super easy because you have control over it. You know what the problems are. You know what the possibilities are. And that then provides a solution for any of your customers, so to say. So that is uh, one of our key strengths here that we don't shop or we don't have um, other vendors supplying us with a variety of different coatings or we're leaving a half product at the doorstep of the customer. We're delivering a finished product that uh, goes through different quality gates uh, with processes that are developed in-house that we totally understand. Okay, same question to you, Gita. Uh, do you go, and when you, I know you said you have not traveled a lot in 2020, but prior to that, do you go to a lot of the, 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 main, the different built engine builders and visit, like say, with, with uh, Doug Yates and people like that, you know, personally, so you guys can do, talk about techniques, talk about ideas and futures? Right. So um, there are a lot of customers that we don't visit that we um, 
basically we're basically leaning on SRI to support us in that, and that's their strength uh, because let, let's face it, uh, the, the market is quite scattered um, with a lot of small guys that need to have a, a focal point, somebody they can talk to, and SRI is very very helpful and and uh, supports us in a, in a great sense there. Um, when it comes to let's call it the uh, international customers or the, the the larger NASCAR teams. Uh, we deal with them directly. So um, traveling means traveling to the south. Uh, then we have some racing teams here in California uh, and traveling uh, to Japan and traveling to Europe. And uh, uh, yeah, that's what I miss, that, that personal contact, sitting mm -hmm. down with the engineers and the, uh, the purchasing people and trying to find out uh, what, uh, what the current needs are while you're uh, sipping on your little espresso in Northern Italy. That is one of the <laughs> favorite things. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, Tom Fry has got a question for you guys. And he was asking, do you coat just the intake valves or do you also have a coating for that will withstand the exhaust temperatures or is it one and the same? Well, yes, we do. We certainly coat the exhaust valves as well in the mm -hmm. same process. Uh, it, it totally withstands the temperatures of exhaust in racing. Um, Guido can elaborate on that a little bit. Um, yeah, so the chrome nitride coating um, starts to, I think, break apart at about 850 Celsius. And that's definitely not a temperature that you want to run your titanium valve at because it would fail already at that point. So um, it can definitely withstand the, the operating temperatures. Um, uh, at the seat, of course, that can be a hot spot, but you're cooling that uh, most of the time when the valve is closed. And um, uh, the port area in general is not coated because you don't want to coat this, let's say, failure-prone area with high bending stresses because the chrome nitride coating um, lowers the fatigue strength of, uh, of, the, of the whole valve. So generally what we do, uh, especially for the smaller valves then tend to bend a little bit more in the port area. We mask that area so we don't have any coating deposition. And then you have the normal base fatigue strength of the titanium. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no problem. Uh, both sides, intake and exhaust, are coated with chrome nitride. Okay. Um, I guess one of the, the next things that would, to me would I'm curious about is that we're talking about your valve. What about the valve spring? What about the keepers and stuff that go with all that, Chad? I mean, you know, when, if I'm an engine guy coming in and we're going to discuss a valve, do you help this engine builder come up with a the rest of the package? Absolutely. That's the, one of my most favorite part of my jobs is uh, we actually have a good working relationship uh, we, with some of the spring manufacturers. Uh, we do have uh, manufacturers that we recommend that actually produce a higher quality wire with a higher quality polish uh, that a, a lot of your high-end racers use. Yes, we totally like to help spec out the process with the end user. Um, that's where usually the mistakes are made <laughs> when going with the wrong spring. You know, it's usually something else that leads to the, if there is some sort of valve or valve part failure, it's usually the spring is misapplied for the lift and the cam and the application that we're working with. So by all means, we suggest that they contact us. We have a sophisticated spring calculators where we can set up based off the weights, based off the cam shaft, based off the application, and basically uh, mock up the system on the computer and say, hey, this looks like this is gonna work great. We do have specs and parameters. Luckily, I was lucky enough to work with Doug Yates and Roush Yates uh, for eight years. Uh, it was an accelerated engine university uh, where I learned a lot about valve springs, how important they are and how to apply them. So yes, we do that here with a lot of customers at SRI and I've got some really great guys on staff that understand different engines. Uh, I got a guy who's good with tractor pulling and drag racing, another guy that's good with street racing I handle, handle most of your uh, circle track and um, you know your higher end drag racing applications, but yeah, we we totally can spec out valve springs, uh, get you in the correct you know keeper retainer setup, uh, and that's really what it's about. If you just provide one piece of the puzzle, 
uh, you're not giving them a service. And that's, uh, if I may add, that's the strength of our combination here. You can ask me anything about the manufacturing and the fundamentals and the development of our valve train components, but the best support on what component to use with the other component, that, that combination, that knowledge, that comes from SRI. So undoubtedly, if you need to have advice on what exactly to use, he is your man, Chad, here, and, uh, and they support us greatly in that because we don't have that knowledge in-house. But the combination does wonders. Yeah, now, it I, I think, it works Again, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And that I think the word that I'm taking away from this, or this week so far on all the people I've talked to that were derived back into the engine business is, is the... Uh, is a platform and, and trying to come up with whatever, you know, the application, the word has to be application because the spin, the uh, piston guy versus the valve guy versus the valve spring guy, everybody, you know, it, inter it integrates and ties in like a really, really, you know, beautiful thing when you do it right. Yeah. And if I might add, I mean, there's nothing more. Yes. Yeah, if I may add, there's nothing more exciting than when a, when a, when a customer calls, he's experiencing some problems, he has some questions, and you help them change their valve train system around and get them in the right products, the right spec products, and that it performs. Uh, and then you have a friend and a customer for life. Uh, that, too, is the tough part about this year is I miss all those guys. You know, there's people all around the country that I go see every year. And I look forward to it and we get caught up on what's new with their engines and their shop and uh, we get caught up on their life. And uh, again, that's the most, that's the best part of the job right there is, you know, helping someone make their program better. Uh, I think that's what we're here to do. I think that's what we're all here to do. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I see Francis is sitting here. He's, he's looking at me and I know it means time to move along, but, it's been very interesting. Great to catch up with you, Chad, and get a chance to see you doing a great job, young man. Pleasure to meet you, Guido. And I look forward to someday maybe getting a chance to meet you get, or see you again personally and, and meet you personally. And uh, so take her away there, Francie. Same here, Jeff. Thank, Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Guido. Uh, special thanks to Chad and everyone at SRI again, you know, to help us being part of uh, uh, launching ePortrait. So thank you very much. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.